Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can absolutely make big, huge changes in your life by doing small, tiny things. And I am so excited because on my podcast today, you are going to hear me talk to BJ Fogg, PhD. He is the New York Times bestselling author of the book, Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Change Everything. And you know, I do not have people guests on the podcast very much because <laughs> I tend to just, you know, do all the research, read the books myself, and then talk about it. Um, but I have been following his work for years. And you're going to hear me on the podcast. You're going to hear me in the interview kind of fangirling because I was because he's amazing. Uh, I've been following his work a long time. I've been sending clients to his work because it's really true that you can do small things to create big change. And about a year uh, and a half ago, I was in New York at a conference and I met a woman, Melinda Foggs Phillips. And I meet her and I she, we exchange cards and I see her name and I, I said, oh, so I'm in New York City, not here in California. And I said, wow, there's a guy in California that I love and I follow all his work. He has the same last name, Foggs. You know, have you ever heard of him? And she said, well, that's my brother. And so after I jumped up and down and f again, fangirled and everything else, uh, I thought I, and I really liked this woman. She was lovely and we had such a good conversation and we saw each other a few times at the conference. And in my head, I'm like, I'm going to get him on the podcast. <laughs> and so it's taken me a year and a half, but there you go. I think his book came out in January or February of this past year. And that's when I started getting it in my head again to um, get him on. And then, of course, we had this little pandemic. And so uh, that created a little lag time. But I'm telling you that today on the podcast, you're going to learn very specific things about how to make changes in your relationship and your life that you've been struggling with before. You've made changes before and they haven't stuck. Now you're going to learn how to unstick. You've uh, want changes that are quicker and you know wired faster. Going to learn it today. You feel like uh, you don't remember to do the new habit. You know you think to yourself, I'm going to start meditating, setting intention, all the things Abby says, and then you don't remember. 
going to learn how to get around that today. So I'm really excited. I, I can't wait for you to jump in. Of course, there's a wonderful free little program we're going to talk about that he's offering uh, that you can get in on or buy the book, whatever you like. But without further ado, here we go. Drum roll. I'm drumming on my desk. Uh, let's welcome Dr. BJ Fogg. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. So welcome. Here we are. We are with Dr. BJ Fogg. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Abby. I am so happy to be talking to you today. Oh, thank you. You're so gracious. And I, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, I stalked you for a long time. So here we are. So it's good to know oh, it paid off. Uh, it worked. <laughs> it it worked. worked. So what I want to do, um, and I feel like I read the book did it come out in February? Is that right? Did, is that when I read it? Well, it was available in every airport in Costco <laughs> in February, but it actually launched first of the year. Okay. Okay. So I, I got to it in February um, very excitedly. And then, of course, I reread it when you agreed to come on. And I thought, oh, let me, let me brush up. Uh, and what struck me, which is where I want to start today, is I loved the your fog behavioral model. I like everything to be, as everyone knows who's listening, I give a system, I give three steps, I say what to do, and it comes from something that makes sense. And I was reminded when I read it again how, and I actually have it here in my office. I could actually show you. I keep it like up. Ooh, <laughs> I, I do. I'm that together um, because I refer to it a lot. <laughs> uh, and I have it on my computer now when I do Zooms and I can refer to it and yeah. show people. So, but can you teach us the FOG model right now? Yes. I will give you the FOG behavior model 101 version. Yes. It goes like this. Behavior happens when three things come together at the same moment. Motivation to do that behavior. You have to have the ability to do the behavior. It can't be impossible. And there has to be a prompt. And a prompt is anything that says, do this behavior now. And when those three things come together at the same moment, you do the behavior. If any element is missing, you don't do the behavior. Love it. Oh my God. So easy. So beautiful. <laughs> that, that was the thing. Can you yeah. give an example of that? Oh, wow. They're just any endless. I know. Yes. I'll, I'll think of a current recent one. Uh, there are two former students of mine that I work with professionally. They're consultants and I hand off things to them. And we needed a new meeting time because my schedule has gotten more complicated. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to get me to specify when can I meet. So the, the behavior was BJ suggest a new time <laughs> to meet. And so they emailed me. The email was the prompt. Okay. They made it easy by just saying, just suggest one time. So that's the ability. It was mm -hmm. easy to do. And then the motivation was already there because I, I liked working with Andrew and David. So oh, they didn't have to motivate me. So pretty much for so many behaviors, it's really not a function of motivation. Some behaviors it is, but for a behavior like this one, I'm already motivated. They just have to prompt me mm -hmm. at a time I actually can do it when I have ability. Love it. 
And I'll say this is true. I was just talking to a client the other day about negative behaviors, so so to speak. I hate calling anything negative, but she was talking about uh, she scrolls her in her phone in bed. And it was so nice to go right to your model, right? So do you want to explain why that becomes? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and so um, scrolling in bed, I mean, again, any behavior happens whether you want it or not. Mm-hmm. When you're motivated, you have ability and there's a prompt. So you're in bed, I guess. I mean, I, I've never, I've only done this like two or three times just to see how most of the world is apparently <laughs> living. But um, so one, are you motivated to stay in bed and scroll through social media? Many people are, so mm-hmm. that's already there. Yep. Two, are you able, well, if your phone is on your nightstand, uh, then it makes it really easy to do, especially at the time. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to like jump on the train and get to work. And then is there a prompt? Well, the prompt can be just you going, oh my gosh, it could just be self-prompted. I just turned off my alarm on my phone. Mm -hmm. Why not go to Facebook? So the actual turning off the alarm eventually can become a thing that then prompts you to then launch some social media app. So that is uh, a behavior that I think a lot of people do, but that's how it stacks up. So if you, you can change it by making it, really hard to do. So let's say your phone is not in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. You can change it maybe by shifting your motivation. That's harder to do. So Mm -hmm. in behavior design, you don't first like, oh, how do I demotivate my Facebook or Instagram scrolling or whatever? That's harder. Or you can remove the prompt. In this case, the easiest of the three Mm -hmm. is to tackle ability and make the behavior very hard or impossible. And so that's what you would go for. You, If you can move the lever, or make any one of those things a zero, you know? So written out, the behavior model is written out as B equals M-A-T. And it's not strictly an equation, but you can think of it in those terms for the behavior of scrolling in bed Mm -hmm. equals these three things. And if I can make any one of them zero, then the behavior is also zero. So, and in this case, the easiest thing to tackle is ability, make it uh, difficult or impossible to scroll in bed, and then you won't be scrolling in bed anymore. <laughs> I love it. And that's pretty much what I said to do and what I say for most people. They tend to come and uh, like working out in the morning or something, and they'll say, oh, I just have to get, you know, think of how great I'll look in my bathing suit in the summer. And, I ha- and I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> Like yeah. that is not going to get you out of bed in the morning. So that's yeah. really why I love this model because you're just looking at these small things to change and getting your phone. Yeah. Uh, most people, I tell them to get their phone out of their bedroom and get it. I have an old school alarm good. clock. Good. That's good. what I have. I, 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 that is such a good thing to advocate. I am totally with you on that, Abby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, when it comes to something bigger like exercise, there are different ways to design for that, but one of the best ways is to find an exercise you actually like a lot. Mm-hmm. So right now I live in Maui. I've been here almost a year now Woo-hoo. in our home. And the exercise I do in the morning is I surf and I love it. I love it. So it's not like I have to say, oh, get up and go surfing. It's like, uh, son, will you hurry up and lighten this part of the planet so I can get up and surf? I so love that. Find an exercise you really love. Then it's just a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate exercise. So <laughs> for me, I got a workout partner 
who and what I did at the time, see, I made it hard. I didn't get her phone number for a very long time. So I had to meet her. She was waiting on me. Oh. And so, and I told her all the time, I'm like, don't give me your last name. Don't give me your phone number. You'll never see me again. You'll literally never see me again because I will cancel because I do not like this. So it and I it's the first time I, it was years ago, but I started working out regularly because I sort of created this way that it was social obligation. You know, I, I was like, I, I have to, you know, she's waiting on me. I need to be there. And then, you know, yeah. like they say, it becomes a little more enjoyable as you do, <laughs> you do yeah, it. There is, especially with exercise, and this is true for some eating habits and um, probably some other, but especially exercise, you know, at first running may not, may hurt, not, not be fun, but eventually there are you start recognizing the good feelings and so on mm -hmm. you know yep. and of course surfing at the beginning is not that fun you find that you're mostly just falling in constantly um <laughs> but then you it becomes addictive can i mm -hmm. say that yeah you the can addicted ones mm -hmm. the patrol and there are runners who are addicted that yep. would you know whatever that However, you yes. wanted to find that word, but they yep. describe it as oh, I'm addicted. I have to go run. Yep. That's that's a great scenario, but not everybody figures that out. So hey, everybody, look for movement slash exercise that you love. I love that. Just explore, explore. Perfect. My man right now is he loves to exercise. He's one of those. He says things like, "I get to go exercise," which I don't understand. Yeah. Um, but he loves Spartan races. He does these obstacle races now, and he yeah. just has such a good time. It's not even funny. So yeah, I'm with you there. So I love that. So we have our little model, which is great. And the other thing um, I really liked is that I because I'm I ask people all the time, "Well, what is it that you think you want to do? Like, what's the goal?" And you yeah. talked in your book, which I really enjoyed <laughs> about this, uh, that aspirations and outcomes are not behaviors and that, yeah. you know, goal. So can you talk about that in relationship to people setting these goals, like what they want to do? Yeah, this is another model in the book. So my book is, has new models in it. It's not old stuff. It's all no. new yep. and new methods. And yes, there's a fog behavior model, but then this model that I call swarm of bees, mm -hmm. which means swarm of behaviors, distinguishes between specific behaviors and what they produce. And what they produce is an aspiration, mm -hmm. you know, I'm feeling healthier, or an outcome. Uh, I can do 10 pull-ups. Now, usually we use the word goal to mean aspirations or outcomes. Yep. So goal is actually an ambiguous word. So um, I talk about things in terms of aspirations or outcomes, and either one is a great starting point. You could just say, hey, I want to, you know, eat differently so I have more energy. Or you can say, I want to eat differently so I can drop 10 pounds, mm -hmm. you know, which is an outcome. Yep. Either one is an okay starting point. But then what you need to do is figure out what is the specific behavior that will get you there. And now, habit is a type of behavior. It's a behavior mm -hmm. that you do quite automatically. So behavior, habit is a subset of behavior. So what are specific habits that you can do that will take you, say in the nutrition space, to have more energy. So mm -hmm. this model is pretty straightforward, but it's really clarifying for people. What yep. doesn't work is this, to focus on the abstract thing, like I want to have more energy and I'm gonna motivate myself to have more energy. Or, I'm just gonna motivate myself <laughs> to lose those 10 pounds. I'm gonna motivate myself 
to you know get a perfect score on the GRE or whatever. Um, because that that combo doesn't work. Mm -mm. You can't you you can't directly design to achieve the outcome or aspiration, but you can design for the behaviors that will take you there. And that's a big oh. part of behavior design is knowing what behaviors will take me to that aspiration or the outcome. I love that. So in in my world, people will come and say, "Well, I want us to uh, I want to be happier in my relationship." I want to uh, be, I want to communicate better. And they have these very general, right? Really general. So what would you, where would you direct yeah. them? And I think those are perfect starting points. I mean, the, the first step in the whole process is to get clear on what you want, get clear on this aspiration. So it may mean rewording it a little better. So you might first be saying, well, I want to communicate better. But as you look at that harder, it's like, Oh, I want to feel like my spouse has heard me. Yeah. You mean go there. If that's what you want. Go mm -hmm. there. Don't stay. So, so get clear on your aspiration. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is a fun step. I call it magic wanding. It's like you pretend like you have magical powers and get anybody to do anything that would lead to you feeling like your spouse heard you, listened to you. Mm -hmm. And you'd say, well, what would I get myself to do? What would I get my spouse to do? What would I get my child to do? And you come up with a whole bunch of options. And then later you pick which is the best behavior option. So, Love it. so there is a, a clarifying step. Then there's a creative step where you use your supposed <laughs> magical powers mm -hmm. to explore. You're not committing to anything. And then you match yourself with one or more of those behaviors or habits. Mm -hmm. And so it's a process. So you're not guessing. It's a system. It's a step-by-step -step yep. system where you don't guess at any point. And you always have guidance on exactly what to do. I love that. And I, it's, I often will ask people, well, what, how will you know you're communicating well, or how will you, as a way to clarify, mm -hmm. how will you know if your partner hears you, what will he or she be doing? What will you be yeah. doing? What will you be yeah. saying? What would they be saying? And that, and that's why I loved your model. Cause I felt like it fit that. I loved the magic. Well, I thought, oh, that's kind of where I go when I'm clarifying with them. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and please you can tell me if I'm wrong, because you're the <laughs> relationship <laughs> expert. <laughs> no, you could go through the process, get clear on. Yeah, I want to I want to feel like my spouse has listened to me or has heard me. And so one of the many behaviors you come up with in the creative fun step is my spouse says, oh, so this is what you mean. And he or she then summarizes. Mm. And so if that's what you want, it might be as easy as sitting down like, hey, I really need you. I really need to feel heard. So what I want you to do is say exactly this. Oh, so <laughs> this is what you mean. And then summarize what I just said. And that's only going to take you like 12 seconds. And I'm going to feel so listened to, right? And oh. it's direct, right? Yes. It's direct. Oh, it's but great. There are, I don't know what percent, not all, but I hope hopefully over 50% mm -hmm. of partners out there. Once you yep. suggest out there, just like, sure. Yeah. Can do that. Oh my God. I think they love a target. I think that's the problem. So many people <laughs> feel like, well, I, I am listening to you. What are you talking about? We do do that. We have done this. And then, but there, it's this very specific thing people are looking for and often don't realize it till they say it. 
it's it's so great oh i love that and you probably be having sex later everybody so like you really want to do that thing it goes to sex too right you say does this is what works for me this is what doesn't and so yep right i wouldn't imagine you magic you could magic wand that whole thing (laughs) clarify anyway (laughs) i love that magic wand in the bedroom i'm going to do another podcast on that i I absolutely anything Oh my God. See everyone. And all the men now have perked up, which is really good, which is why I mentioned that. Okay. So, (laughs) but thank you for that. (laughs) Because I do, I think that the people really understanding that a lot of times we just talk about, well, I want to start, Abby said to start setting intention as a way of feeling closer to my partner, but it doesn't have any, it doesn't go anywhere. It's not attached to anything without that very clear, How's that going to feel on the other side? What's it going to look like? What are you going to say? Yeah. And I have a term for this Ooh. and it's weird. So you want it to be a behavior, not like this abstract goal or outcome or aspiration. You want it to be a behavior, but you want it to be specific. And the word that we came up with <gasps> in my bootcamp years ago is crispy. You want it to be crispy. <laughs> like that means specific and clear. So if you're describing to your partner what kind of reaction you want from them, be crispy. This, oh. And this crispification. <laughs> yes, I love that word. <laughs> I'll give an example. How, yeah, how let me hear. Work. So my partner is clean freak. This is wired that way. <laughs> and I won't go into the whole story, but uh, he wanted me to wipe down the shower after I used his shower because he had a nicer shower than I did in my bathroom. <laughs> so I just started using his. And so he kept saying, reminding me, you know, wipe down the shower, wipe down the shower. In his mind, it was crispy. In my mind, it was not. I didn't know what those words right. meant. Right. And because it was vague and abstract, I was like, eh, not doing it. Until one day, he, come, he, he I, I can't remember whether it was right after, I, anyway, he took me into the bathroom and said, this is exactly what I want you to do. And he showed me take your towel, (laughs) take my towel that's going to be right here, put it here, wipe this, step on it, move your feet, and then put it in the hamper. So once he showed me, then the behavior he wanted was now crispy, and Mm -hmm. I never missed it since. Love it. all it took was, it didn't take motivating me, because I Mm -hmm. was already motivated Mm -hmm. to keep him happy. Mm -hmm. It took being crispy about what (sighs) behavior did he want from me, and that was the game changer right there. I love crispy. Crispy's Crispy's going to be everywhere because what happens a lot is that people decide what something, definitions are what are not clear. So I say clean the counter to my husband and he thinks he cleans the counter, but I'm upset because there was some jelly left or whatever, you know, or he didn't move the flour canister when he cleaned behind, you know, but to go show like, this is what a clean counter looks like. But what people do is they'll often say, well, they, oh, come on. Anybody would know what I mean when I say clean, you know, wipe the shower down. And so to have that love and it's loving to show exactly what you want. And, and what we've learned is when I don't understand, I say, well, show me what you mean, or it needs oh. to be crispier. Just, just show me what you want. I'm like, okay, I get it now. Now it goes further, Abby. So yes, so if, 
and we use even though <laughs> so i teach professionals and people here listening have used products and i taught those professionals who have created the products and so on but it does come down to you know these dyadic relationships you know these mm -hmm. close relationships you can use it there is a way an order to troubleshoot say your spouse isn't or your partner isn't doing something you want him or her to do we tend to think oh i just have to motivate them and i can do that by getting upset or showing my disappointment or pouting that is exactly the wrong place to start exactly right. wrong first make sure it's clear in your partner's mind like is it clear what it means to wipe down the counter or clean out the shower so start it goes back to the behavior mm -hmm. model you start with the b is the b yep. crispy okay boom and if that's clear then you go to prompt is there a oh. reminder it's not motivation you start with prompt you know what's going to prompt this person and so in the case of wiping down the counter you could say how about every day morning when you you know walk in and fill your coffee cup that action then is your reminder to wipe one counter so there has to be a prompt and you can design in various ways if the person's being prompted and they still don't do the behavior your next step still not you know motivation it's ability you make mm. it easier there's a few ways to do it you could rather than wiping the whole kitchen it's like just wipe one counter mm -hmm. or just wipe one thing or you can increase ability by giving them a tool that makes right. wiping the counter easier to do so there's different ways and in the book yep I map on oh yeah, you do it's great make all this out mm -hmm. and then if they're if it's really simple and they're being prompted and they're still not doing it the last resort is to go and figure out how to motivate that behavior okay. That's the last, last resort. That's oh. like, yes, that's like you're, you've done everything else. Mm. And that would indicate probably a bigger problem in the relationship. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, or they, they, they just really, 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 really don't want to wipe the counter. So pick something else. Yep. Okay? Just, right. Just even move off of that. I do that all the time. Like I'm like, laundry I, I, I think so. you need to switch it. So this yeah. is a perfect time to talk about, uh, motivation a little bit, even though I have that later in our notes, but, uh, because I say all the time, motivation is a state, not a trait. I talk about this all the time. I'm um, like, people are not motivated. People are not happy. People are not whatever. You, It's a state and it comes and goes. And so when you rely on that, you get into trouble. And I, of course, loved it when I read in your book, because I think you say it's it's how it's not the it's not the winning ticket for long term change. You know, this is not the thing. So can yeah. you because, again, everyone comes back to this. So can you again changing habits not motivation as your primary can you just give a snapshot yeah. of that you know, motivation is one of the three components and our motivation shifts around mm. and that's not a flaw in being a human being it's actually it helps us so rewind to you know our hypothetical ancestors who are hunting and gathering and all that stuff if they were motivated to do everything all the time if they are motivated to dance and sing and sleep and eat and hunt and have sex at all moments, pandemonium, right? right? And so it just it makes sense when you think about it that way. You're motivated to do specific things at specific times and your motivation for other things will drop down. Mm. So what has not been studied rigorously, and this is a huge surprise as I dug into it years ago, 
is the idea that our motivation fluctuates, goes up and down over time, had not been studied rigorously until wow. about maybe 15 years ago, which is really, 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 really recent when it comes to science. Yeah, that's crazy. And that had never been named high states of motivation. So I called it, I named it the motivation wave. Mm -hmm. So we have motivation waves for different things at different times. Mm -hmm. And when the wave is high, then you can do hard things when it drops you can no longer do hard things in that domain. So you might be motivated, uh, certainly around the holidays, to do things that will increase the strength of your relationships. Mm -hmm. And again, at Valentine's. Right. Um, but uh, other times, you might be motivated, oh, like April 15th, to focus on your finances and your taxes, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And so there's just these natural waves that happen. And then even things we read in the news can create a motivation wave. Mm -hmm. So just understand that being human beings, our motivation doesn't go high and stay there all the time. No. It drops for that area and then another area goes up and it's just this ongoing. And I do like wave as the um, mm. analogy because it does. Yep. It can be different sizes and it's constantly moving. Yep. It's so true. So it, it's just the thing I always come back to with people of not using that even before your, I read your book was was not using that as your primary because the your willpower will get zapped very early. And you just can't count on that all the time. So that's why I love the prompts and these and the ability like leave a sponge out. <laughs> have a, no, you know, no, have it easier. There is a yes. So one way to you're exactly right to not get caught like oh i feel like you know i should be doing this but i'm not motivated and feeling bad about it uh one way and especially maybe right now if people are in lockdown or restricted instead of beating yourself up for not doing wiping the counter or doing laundry you just go well what am i motivated to do right now oh let me just do that and other than scrolling in bed and other <laughs> things like take what productive, positive, uplifting thing, where's my energy right now? And just go with that. I mean, right now, this is where to have I have for the entire month taken three-day weekends, Ooh. which is it's my birthday month. Good. Radical change for me because I haven't even had a whole day off for years. Wow. And I'm not exaggerating. I've wow. not had a whole day off. I've worked every day for years and years and years. So my partner said, hey, why don't you take all of the month off? And I was like, oh, there's no way I can do that. So it came down to, I did carve out three-day weekends, and it worked really well. And what I found, because this was new for me, to have like, <laughs> oh, working. What I found was there's times I just sit around, and that was fine, and I had to be okay with it. I wasn't doing much. And then I would just say, eh, what do I feel like doing right now? And just do what interests you at the moment, and not feel bad about all the other things you could have been doing. Right. That was so I'm still exploring. Oh. I'm not an expert on what to do with three-day weekends <laughs> yet. But I think the bigger point is this. The bigger point mm. is play around with your behavior, try stuff, evolve your habit garden over time. And if something's not working for you, adapt, adapt, adapt. Mm. And don't feel like you have to rewind to January 1st of the thing you said you would do. Right. That's not working for you. Just adapt it and redesign your life. Oh, God, I love that so much. I, I especially love it because there's no shame and there's no guilt and there's no crap. It's like, here we are now. So what are we going to do now? And when I talk about changing habits with people, I often can see their faces and I say to them, the fact that you don't find joy 
Like you have to create, there's joy in this, there's freedom. There's so many cool things on the other side. What would it be to start thinking that way about these behavior changes that it, you know, when I have these couples going, it's going to be drudgery. It's going to take forever. We've had these problems a long time, which actually leads me into my next thing about why, again, I've been referring to you for so long, because this idea that things were tiny, but had huge changes. Right, the, yeah. the, this tiny to huge, yeah. and I love the story about Instagram that you shared in the book. I hope you remember that, um, with how they came up with Instagram and why yeah. it beat out all its competitors. It, it's so tiny. So, can you talk to that? So people really get that this is real. Yeah. Small things, yeah. big. So yes, one of my students is the co-founder of Instagram, and the idea for Instagram started in my Stanford class. Wow. Where, Did you get a cut? There were apps. Way before there <laughs> apps on, not way before, but before there are apps on the phone. You know, I, I was looking ahead and I said, hey, one of these days, these things that we call phones will really be little computers, and we can take pictures and share them. Come up with a positive use, a positive use for this. And so Mike Krieger and two others, other teammates, came up with this idea they called Send the Sunshine, and it was so simple. And that really, that's where Instagram started. It wow. was like, just take a picture, and it could only be square, and you put a filter and you share it. And that was kind of all you can do. But it was that simplest, and it was only iOS. It wasn't <sighs> even on Android. Wow. So it was that radical simplicity, and they kept it so simple. I'm sure they had you know, dozens of ideas of what they could mm -hmm. do, but it takes courage and, and discipline to keep it so simple, and they did, till they got massive traction. And now Instagram is a whole different creature mm -hmm. but it won because of the simplicity and then also the emotional experience of the filters the filters made people feel like artists like oh my wow. gosh look i created something so it was that combo and really in some ways when you look at the tiny habits method it's like make it really really simple mm. and allow yourself cause yourself to feel successful because that's the feeling that's the thing that works in the habit is emotions. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I love that. And actually, that's a perfect segue into the actual yeah. sort of um, meat, so we say, of the anatomy of tiny habits, right? Because I, I love, we're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about shine, which I loved. Um, I like your little, I'm a, I use therapeutic jingles, I call them all the time. Because <laughs> uh, I, you know, just come up with little ways people can remember things. So crispy now is forget it. That's a whole new thing. But <laughs> right, one, two, three. Yeah. It's right there. I was like, oh, this is so simple. Yeah, I forgot the rest of the words, but yeah, <laughs> I, this was not planned. But did did I did I hit the soft? Oh button? man, yeah. I was just so in love. I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. It's so easy. So let's talk about that. So again, so everyone's believing that small things, truly, yes. truly really will create traction and really will create big things. So let's talk about well, the ABCs. Or should I talk about ABC? Let's, I, let's talk about ABCs. I, I ABC. love it. Okay. So you can look at the tiny habits method as ABC. That wasn't a plan from the beginning. That <laughs> happened later. So I'm very suspicious of little cute acronyms mm -hmm. and things like that. So the B is your new habit, your behavior. So it mm -hmm. could be, I'll just pick, you know, one I love is doing two push-ups. So not 20 push-ups, but you make the new habit really, really tiny. The A is the anchor. What will this habit come after? So you think of tying the push-ups to a routine you already do. So like you're anchoring it. That's why I called it an anchor. Mm -hmm. 
And for me, famously or infamously, my anchor is after I pee, I will do two push-ups. Love so it. Pee, the anchor. And do it every morning. Bam, well, <laughs> do it throughout the day. I do throughout the day. So yes. And then, so that's A and B. That's Love it. you have a recipe. You've got these two mm-hmm. parts. And then you wire the habit in through C, which is celebration. And a celebration is some any it's something you do to cause yourself to feel a positive emotion. So push-ups, a logical celebration is to, as I'm getting up to do a double fist pump. So imagine everybody, I'm six foot three, <laughs> I'm getting up from the floor, I go, yes, okay, like Tiger Woods, real, you know, throwing Love this it. club, really, really celebrating. And that since that emotion sends a signal to your brain that changes the brain chemistry and helps wire in that habit of push-ups. So it's anchor, tiny behavior, and then celebration. That is the tiny habits method in a nutshell. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think that that, the, the, and it was always the thing I miss when I tell people to change things, which I have since changed, is that celebration point. Because, you know, I'm the cynical New Yorker. I don't like woo. I don't like, oh, I'm going to celebrate. Oh, everybody gets a ribbon. You know, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Yet yeah. it's so, but I was discounting something that's really important, which is the brain chemistry that happens when you do that, what you're signaling. Yeah, you're hacking it. And you know, it, it, it's not woo-woo. It is how we're wired. Let me give a really quick example yeah. to help show this. Mm-hmm. So um, in our home, our homes in California, we're in the areas where the wildfires just hit and there are bobcats living there. So imagine the mama bobcat survived the fire and her cubs survived, but now she has to find a new place to hunt. Mm. So she's going in, in this ravine, she finds a mouse. Bam. Guess what happens in her brain? I haven't measured this, but <laughs> something happens in her brain and she has a feeling of success. I caught a mouse. Yeah. And that feeling of success will then get her to go back and check again the next day. So notice she doesn't have to go back there 21 times or 66 times or 30 days to create the habit. It's the feeling of success that signals to mm. Mama Bobcat that this is where you can find food. And so. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It stands to reason that, that her ancestors and our ancestors did these behaviors that helped us survive and pass on our genes and that it's part of the system, how mm. we're wired as creatures, that when we do something that helps us succeed, either getting food or sex or looking good to peers or you know achieving, mm-hmm. that emotions 
serve that purpose of signaling this was a good thing. Let's repeat this. Yep. Let's do this. You know, so think of the mom of Bob the cat when you get skeptical, because if her brain didn't signal to her, this is where you can successfully get food, then she'd be wandering all over the place and not probably finding enough and food. starving. So it's, yeah. And so just <laughs> and starving. So um, I often don't say this, but I will. I mean, look at how you get your pets to do things. Look at how you get your kids to do things. Look at any product or service that you love that has become a habit and see how it has caused you to feel a positive emotion as you use it. That's why yep. it's wired. Oh, I just love this. And I miss like, I just think life should be joy. So I'm always, I'm always driving towards that. And I don't think any of this should be a grind. I don't think the struggle is real. I don't think no pain, no gain. I don't like any of that. So, cause it's not, you know, when we're in, and we know that cause when you're in a flow state, when things are just zipping, you feel good. So that should tell you in the rest of your life, you should feel good. So I really like this part and it, it, it did help me when I read about it again. I thought and it's radical. It's radical. Cause it what is. I'm saying when I say emotions create habits, I'm also saying it's not repetition. So forget all those headlines yeah. and supposed habit gurus and experts that are saying, just repeat Yep. 21 days or 66 days mm -hmm. or 109 or whatever. Yep. They're wrong. And if you look at the research they cite, the research doesn't say that repetition creates habits. It correlates with habits. And there's a big difference yeah, between is. causation and correlation. Mm -hmm. So part of the book and part of that I knew would be controversial, but I wanted people to wake up to this reality is it's not repetition that creates habits, it's emotions. And you can hack the emotions through this technique called celebration. Oh, 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 I love all this. Uh, I, cause I really do talk a lot about how your emotions and your emotional state. So for example, if I'm going to talk to, if I'm going to go talk to my hubby about a problem I'm having and I have, all, and I think about it in my head, right? Okay. I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, maybe I even take notes, but if my emotional state is I'm worried, I'm scared, it's going to go bad. I'm worried he's going to get upset, right? And then I go talk to him. Guess what happens? <laughs> it doesn't matter that I've intellectually worked out all the good things to say. He doesn't go well because my emotions are not matched up, right? Things are not. And really, so I, I say all the time to have better experiences, you have to think the better feeling thought. You have to, you know, you've got to go after that. And this fits perfectly. Yeah, and so much emotions can be your friend. Yes. Rather than something that's, you know, holding Scary. you Scary, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, look at emotions. I mean, they serve various purposes, mm -hmm. uh, but one of them is to help you wire in habits. And the mm. more, you, so behavior change is a skill, just like driving yep. is a skill. And it's not one thing, just like driving is like, oh, you get in the car, you buckle your seatbelt, you back out, you merge on the highway. It's a whole bunch of things that come together that we call driving. Same thing with behavior change. And one of those skills within that is, is allowing yourself to feel good for a behavior so it can become a habit. And what that means is you may not be very good at it at the start. Like some people are really like naturally talented mm -hmm. at it, but most people will have to uh, practice it and you get better. Yes. And this of the 24 skills that I talk about in the book that comprise behavior change or habit formation, 
if there's one that you want to just really nail, it's the ability to celebrate, the ability to create a positive emotional demand. That gives you superpowers for creating mm. habits. And you can use it even at a moment's notice. So let's say you tidy up, um, oh, the pen sitting on your desk. And as you do it, you cause yourself to feel successful. In that moment, you're helping to make that more automatic. You're just doing it as you go. Love. So oh. is that... That's the number one skill you want for habit formation is the ability to feel successful on demand. I love it. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I can't stand it. So, and it does fit into everything I say about, I talk a lot about being in a great relationship is a set of skills. We're not born with it. We, you know, listening is a skill. You're talking to people. It's all skills. And like any skill, if you practice it, you can get really good at it. So I think people who have tried to change before and it hasn't worked, you know, one of the things you can go there is like, well, it's a skill. So either I maybe on the right tools, maybe on the right resources, but I know, you know, for myself, I talk a lot about, I I'm a recovering drug addict. And so there was many years of, you know, where I was in rehabs and they didn't work so to speak. And, you know, where you have to keep trying and, but yeah. I didn't give up on wanting to stop heroin. I, I still, that was a goal. And so I just kept changing course until I got there. But obviously I wish I had learned then what I know now about changing habits because it would have been a happier process. Yeah. And, you know, and there are a variety of skills in what you just talked about. I don't want to be pedantic and go through mm -hmm. all of them, but I will suggest a surprising one that maps to other things a Yay. little more readily. One of the skills that I wish for all of you is the ability to lower your expectations and be nice to yourself. <laughs> and that sounds odd for people of achievement, like all you all, but that's how you help yourself succeed and move forward. Like if your expectations are way, way, way high, and this is mm -hmm. really how I was trained. I was raised Mormon. Mm -hmm. and high expectations and the Coveys and the Marriott's yep. and the Romneys and all of that. And then that was not a very happy way to be. And I had to get perfect scores. In fact, I had to get perfect days all through high school to be available. And I did it, but I'm, I regret getting perfect grades because it came at a massive cost. cost. Oh. Massive cost. And so for me to own up and go, oh my gosh, one way I can be happier is just to, damn, lower my expectations. And then when I go above and beyond, when I do more than two push-ups, mm -hmm. or when I not just wipe out the shower, but I also wipe down you know, the bathroom counter, <laughs> I count that as extra of course. credit. <laughs> extra credit, I'm going above <laughs> and beyond. But you just set the bar low, mm -hmm. <laughs> you keep it low, yes. you allow yourself to go above and beyond when you want to. I but love it. In the days when you're you know, really tired <laughs> or tapped out, do two push-ups. You're done. Good for me. Move on. Oh, you know, you don't know this because you probably didn't listen to it, but I, I, one of my many hundreds of podcasts, I talk about having one of my little jingles is to have high standards, but low expectations. Good. Can you sing that? I, do, <laughs> I wish I could sing. I talk about all the time having high standards and low expectations so that because that's disappointment and frustration, your expectations were too high. So I can have a standard that I'm loving and respectful to my partner. But my expectation isn't that I'm perfect and keep the bathroom perfect all the time, right? Okay, I'll and, try a jingle right now. Okay. <laughs> One great way to get to flow, expectations high, 
No. <laughs> oh, standards high, expectations low. Oh my gosh. We are creating gold here, ladies and gentlemen, and you're hearing it first. Uh, we really did not practice that yet. I, I'm, I already wrote that down, so I'm going to take it and not give you any credit. But anyway, uh, no, I'll give total credit. That's, I'm, it's just so funny because it really, I always know your stuff fits in with what I do, but just to give you that example, it okay, really is the same. Me with the jingles because here's why. <laughs> I am working on songs for kids that are about tiny habits, like tiny habits, principles, oh. but kids songs. There you go. So when you say jingles, I yeah. hope that means literally like little short musical. I, I just in my head all the time have little things so people can catch on. Otherwise they forget and it's not fun. See? Yeah, it's a, it's a really, yes. BJ and I are starting a side business right here, but we'll get to that later. Okay. So, so high standards, low expectations. You guys know, go to the podcast on that one if you haven't yet. Okay. So then that, I love this. And what I still do is what you, you call like the Maui habit or the recipe cards. So mm -hmm. talk about how you take that ABC and make it so, because we're making it even simpler, ladies and gentlemen, even simpler. Yeah how to how to how to this is what people need they don't need motivation to change they need how to mm -hmm. okay notice those are different things yep and so often you're like oh i lack motivation well no if you're saying you lack motivation you probably don't really lack you have some motivation yep. what you need is the how to yep you need like how do you make this easier how do you design it into your life and that's really what you know tiny habits lays out conceptually a new way of thinking about behaviors a new set of methods but at the end of the day, it's a how-to book. Here's how you do it, step mm -hmm. by step by step. And then if this doesn't work, then do that and so on. So, and with that, you can look at any aspiration or outcome that you have and you can design it into your life and or design it out of your life. It's a habit you don't want. Um, the, the Certainly one of the things to do is if you, yes, yes, you can buy the book and I don't want to, you know, harp on that. Everyone <laughs> understands that, you know, uh -huh. but you can sign up for the free five-day program, mm -hmm. tinyhabits.com. It's free, no strings attached. A real person coaches you through email. Um, and just think of it as, you know, I'm going to mix two things here. One is, is that you're just practicing the skills of change. Mm -hmm. Now think of yourself, you're training for something bigger. You may not even know what that bigger is, or you might you might have a really, really tough challenge ahead that might have to do with uh, substance use or the way that you self-talk inside your head that is challenging, but you practice the skills of change mm. on tiny, simple, fun things so you can step up to the bigger thing. Yep. Okay. Love it. So I'm a huge fan of don't go after that big, huge thing that's troubled you for a long, long time, just like you wouldn't like if you were surfing, you wouldn't go out here to Jaws here in Maui that has 50 foot waves as your first surf experience no. because it's not going to work. You would start with little tiny baby waves and build the skills. So think of it as like, yeah, I get to dive in and build the skills and have fun. Mm. The other way to think, I think very accurately about your habits is think of it as a habit garden. And you want different plants of different sizes. And when a plant no longer serves you, or when it's run its course, you pull it out and mm -hmm. you put something else in there. So you're evolving, yes. you're designing the garden. You're mm -hmm. not leaving it a chance and just have a weed scrub. Right. But then you're also evolving it based on the season and mm -hmm. based on what's pleasing you or not pleasing you. So it's an ongoing, just like you would hopefully for <laughs> 
a garden you have is you don't always want exactly the same thing. And that's that, great. that can be very liberating for people because for whatever reason, people like, oh, I set a goal. I was going to do this and I must do this, even though I don't want to. It's like, no, if the plant's not working for you, uproot it and put something else in a spot or just let it be fallow until the right thing comes along. Oh, it's so great. And I do, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot because people come and couples come or individuals come and they, they want to go after, like, let's say, God forbid, someone cheated or there's something really big they have to overcome or some huge fight they had. And I say a lot, you have to connect to correct. So you've got to go to those small micro connections first. You know, that's where you have yeah. to build before you get to the next thing, which goes perfectly with this because you build these little tiny habits of, I talk about like greeting your partner at the door. So yeah. what we always do is second, you know, whoever's home first, you know, we literally stop whatever we're doing. We get up, you go to the door. We sometimes pretend we're golden retrievers, you know, jumping up and down. And uh, we have like a little makeout <laughs> session. We do. We have like a little makeout, you know, little moment. It's just a moment. It's a little time there. And that's it. And then you go off and do your thing. But it's this little connection, this little habit. And when you build those together, I say a lot, you know, great relationships aren't built in a day. Great relationships are built daily, right? And and this is the daily way you do it. And great habits aren't built in a day, right? They're built daily. Like you just, you practice and you build. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. And what what you're saying resonates so much with me. So I, I'm not a relationship expert except... I have been partnered with my partner in a gay relationship for 30 years. Wow. So you rewind 30 years from right now. And Mormon? Now, and growing and up Mormon? Mormon wow. And Mormon. Okay. So think of everything we had to go through. Everything was against us. So rather than everything. having like a wedding and everybody supporting your relationship, it is the opposite. And we got through stuff. And, you know, it's like, and then, yes, now it's a whole different world. But 30 years of. Man. <laughs> of, of that and so what you're saying resonates so well with what I think has helped us in this kind of relationship that was just against all odds and yeah that, oh, that right on I love Thanks it for, oh my yeah. god I love hearing that yay uh yeah I do I do remember reading and I thought oh god he was raised Mormon I, I <laughs> how did that work but I I yeah, not very well. But that, that's a whole other story, right? So this whole Maui habit thing, this recipe cards, you know, after I wait, talk about that, because I, I use this all the time now. Yeah, so think of, uh, so we call it tiny habit recipe. This is how you mm -hmm. design habits into your life. And the, the format goes, after I, I will. After I pee, I will do two push-ups. After I brush, I will floss one tooth. After I tell my partner, thank you for breakfast, I will get out my vitamins. Ooh. So the last part is the new habit, get out my vitamins. And then you say, what does it come after? And for mm -hmm. me, it just logically comes after I say, thanks for breakfast, I put my plate by the sink, and then I get out my vitamins. Love it. So what you're doing is you're writing this out. And I suggest doing it in pencil as I hold up a pencil. Ooh. Because you're going to revise it. You won't always get it right. You might you know, say you uh -huh. get out your vitamins after you come home from running. And then you find after I come home from running, what you really want to do is go put water on your face, not get out of your vitamins. So you just erase it or scratch mm -hmm. it up and revise it. So you're, des you're designing, designing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that means redesigning or iterating. Yep. That's okay. That is part of the process. Yep. It's not a failure. 
it's part of the process. So think of you're designing like a recipe mm -hmm. and if it's not working to your liking, you revise it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're adding more salt or taking something out. I always add more yeah. salt. So, <laughs> and then I, and again, we have to shine, right? So after I, this, I will, this, and, and then, celebrate, then it in. Now, once the habit becomes automatic though, you don't have to celebrate it anymore. Oh, so that's the good. celebration is a temporary period to get your brain to wire it in. And mm -hmm. then you, and if you, if the celebration is very intense and strongly associated with the habit, the habit can wire in like one day. It can be one and done. One oh, and done. Love I, it. I have a out here on the lanai, um, a patio chair, a new one, and sat in it. It's like, oh, this is so comfortable. So guess how long that took to become a habit? <laughs> one and done. One and done. So I love it you there. Give, you give your teenager a mobile phone, yep. and she uses it one time. Bam. The emotion yep. is so strong, like the feeling of having a superpower and feeling successful mm -hmm. just wires in. So celebration, the better you are at it, the less you'll need to do to wire in the habit. That's why I say if you get really mm. good at the skill, you'll have superpowers for wiring in habits. Oh. Um, and then if it's a more challenging habit, mm -hmm. we'll have to like turn up the volume on celebration. Okay. I'm going to, so. I'm going to move to that now because mm -hmm. so the, the biggest struggles that I hear are these three and you can do them in any order, or maybe it's got the same answer for all of them. Okay. Uh, people make changes in the relationship, but then they revert back to old behaviors. Okay. These are the biggest pain points people have. This is what they come to me over and over. Okay. And I often get people after they've been in therapy many times and fail. I don't think anything's a failure, but, uh, and it hasn't resulted in long-term change. Okay. They remembering to do it. So I have lots of wonderful tools like, uh, setting intention, asking questions instead of making statements, you know, that kind of thing. And folks, of course, you know, when you're in that, especially when you're in fight, flight, or freeze mode, we talk a lot about brain chemistry on the show, but um, especially when you're there, it's hard to remember, right? Which is again, why I love a habit because you don't have to try to remember. Yeah. So we want to make the habit, yeah. but remembering to do the new habit, remembering to do the new tool, the new thing you want. Yeah. And then of course, everyone's impatient. So <laughs> the other thing is they want change fast. They want that habit to be like, oh, Abby, I've been working at this all week. I still can't remember to do it. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And which on the one hand, I'm like, come on, people. But on the other hand, I get it. I, I'm a person too. And I want things quicker. I want things to be wired in. I'm in, I'm in New Yorker. I, I want it now. Um, yeah. So can you speak to any or all of those for what, how well, do you let, approach let that? start with two and three. Okay. And then uh, if you can give me an example on one, we'll tackle sure. that next. So one of these skills of behavior change is the ability to rehearse your new habit and celebrate at the same time. So if I'm trying to wire in the habit of replacing this remote right here on the, so in the book, I get the story about the fireplace mantle. Yes. Like the husband's not putting the remote yep, back. I like that one. <laughs> he's getting upset. So, um, and this is, yes, this is a, a real scenario. So what the husband can do is, you know, decide when do I put, after I turn off the TV, I will place the remote back on the mantle. So that's the recipe. And then he can just go through those steps, just like an athlete rehearses 
uh, footwork or rehearsal mm -hmm. serves or putts, mm -hmm. you rehearse the sequence. So you turn off, pretending like you turn off the TV, you put it on the mantle and you celebrate. You go, good for me. You do a dance. You mm -hmm. just smile big. You think very vividly about how happy your wife's going to be, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. And then you do it again within a few seconds. And then you do it again, just like, you know, you're practicing free, th three, yep. three, three, Free throws. free throws, three point <laughs> shots, free throws. You know I had a speech impediment. Right? Uh, oh, that's in the preface of my audio book. Okay, all right. And so you practice with rehearsal. That's how you wire it in quickly. So if you want to, if you really, really, really need for it to become automatic quickly and get over forgetting, answer is rehearse the recipe and celebrate each time. And you do that like five to ten times. And see what happens the next night when you turn off the TV. I love it. Put it on the mantle. So oh. that addresses part of two and three. Oh, it's so good. So good. Let's go to revert back. Do you have an example? Oh, well, it's just, you know, it happens a lot. So people, let's say, um, I'll say to them, uh, setting intention is a big thing. I call it the 18 second shift, you know, where you just stop. And so before we met today, I stopped. I set an intention. I wanted to make sure. Uh, I couldn't wait to talk to you. I was really excited. So I wanted that enthusiasm to come over, you know, through. I wanted, I really wanted um, people to get what you've got because I really think it's life-changing. So my intention was that, right? So I was holding that and I was kind of picturing people and excited listening and going, oh my gosh, this is so great. And buying the book and doing the free course, all that. And that's what I do before I meet with every single client, before I walk in my house, before mm -hmm. I do everything, I do it a ton. And so when I give it to people as a as a tool, I have to say it's probably the biggest game changer people come back with. They go, oh my God, that was, because they're always skeptical. They go, please, Abby, really? I'm like, I'm telling you, this will change your life. And it does because you're in a different frame when you come in. Um, you know, I talk a lot about Timothy Wilson's work. Um, mm -hmm. Do you remember, uh, it you know, our conscious brains process information at a rate of 40 to 50 bits per second, while our unconscious at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So people are always, you know, they don't hear what we say, they hear what we mean. And so I can come in the house and say all the right things, but if my unconscious is in worry and, you know, all the other stuff, it doesn't work. So they do the, sorry, I got off. So they do the setting intention and they'll do it and they'll say it's so helpful, but then they stop doing it and they revert back to, you know, just being in the wow. moment and snapping at each other and not stopping and taking a moment. Well, here's, here's what I would suggest. And if it goes against what you've advised. No, I'm um, here. I love so, so let, let's take on the setting intentions. Um, what I know, because after coaching over 40,000 people and measuring results week after week after week, I mean, I've seen all the patterns, what works and what doesn't. When somebody does a behavior and feels successful, it will propel them to continue and it will spawn other behaviors that are similar. Mm -hmm. So based on that pattern that I've seen, and this is how tiny gets transformative, just like you plant a bunch of tiny little tomato plants and guess what? 10 weeks later, they're massive. Mm -hmm. um, I would say find one part, like every day find an intention setting moment, just one, don't overload yourself. Find one that you think will be particularly easy to do and very effective. And just focus on that one habit and celebrate it. And part of the celebration probably will 
um, it's tuning into the effectiveness. How did it change how you feel? You know, it's probably not a rah, rah, do a dance celebration. It's connecting what you just did with the real outcome. And as you feel successful doing it in just one part of your day, notice a sense of it's almost a yearning of like, oh, I could be doing it here mm -hmm. too. And then allow yourself to do it. And I could be doing it here as well. So watch where it will naturally propagate or grow mm -hmm. to other parts of your day. Love that. And, and I, I'm realizing as you talk, I haven't been talking to people about doing the celebration piece. So I think that's a big miss that because yeah. they will come back and say, oh, my God, my kid knew that I was different and I hadn't even told them or my wife knew, you know, I hear this stuff all the time or I felt so much better, but I don't really sort of consciously tell them to celebrate it. Yeah. And one celebration, at least for this intentions and relationships, a celebration type that could be very effective is as you do the behavior, the intention immediately after consciously and vividly think about a higher purpose, a very high purpose in your life that this is helping you achieve. It might be, this is helping me achieve a stable relationship so my children can grow up in a home with you know, mom and a dad. Mm -hmm. Or this, you know, so think of something that's really important to you. And then as you do this intention or any new habit, connect that habit, how, however tiny it is, to how it's helping you achieve something much bigger. So notice this is again a way to feel successful. So it's still the same dynamic. It's the feeling of success. But in this case, it's matching the new habit with a much higher purpose. Oh, gold. I feel like I have to redo all my videos now <laughs> that I have on my YouTube channel because I have to add this piece. <laughs> Maybe I'll just do an addendum video and say, watch this with the rest. Uh, no, I love that because it is, I, I again, I talk all the time about how you have to, you can't think your way somewhere. You have to feel your way there. And that's what motivates us, right? You know, Jonathan hates, you know, when you think about the yeah. happiness hypothesis, right? What I've been teaching for years, it's, it's really our emotions that drive. And so if you don't tap into those, which again, was what I loved about the book when you were talking about that, I thought, yes, exactly. We can't just think of this mechanistic kind of, you know, yeah, repeat this for 66 days and it'll be this. There has to be something attached, right? I, I'm as surprised as I guess anyone, or maybe if, if 15 years ago, you had said, wow, a major part of your work, BJ, is going to be talking about emotions and how emotions, I was like, no way. Because I grew up in a kind of stiff upper lip culture and, you know, kind of limited emotional range, to be mm -hmm. honest. Wow. And so for now, for me to be like telling people, allow yourself to feel the positive emotion and even to say, I've developed a skill where I can just, I just think of this part of my body and it's around my heart and I can just cause the feeling of success. I don't have to do anything. I can just now on demand, make it happen. I would not have believed that 15 years ago. And then it was 10 years, um, eight years ago when I stumbled across, I was kind of desperate, but stumbled across the idea of when I said victory after mm -hmm. I flossed one tooth, it made me feel something. And that opened up all of this about emotions and habits. But wow. I would have just never thought I would be the guy talking about emotions. Oh so my gosh. A huge surprise it's to me. <laughs> makes total sense now. <laughs>
<laughs> of course it goes together. And again, I think it's a missing part of the recipe often. Um, you know, mm. I think when different things come together is when I, I have a background in counseling, but also in business. My PhD is in organizational psychology and I have a mm -hmm. master's in counseling psychology and I have an MBA, you know, like I have these different, cause I'm a Jew from New York. All we do is go to school, but, uh, you know, but there's that way that I didn't know better than when I was working with executives, I was doing kind of therapy. I didn't know better, but it was highly effective because they hadn't been talked to that way before. So there's this way sometimes that I think that when these things come together, that's why this is different. You know, this surprise you have. I think your wasn't your early work in computer thinking or something or persuasive technology. Persuasive technology, that was it. Technology that influences attitudes and behaviors. And so if Amazing. people are reacting this way, I want to assure you it's normal. There'll be things that are like, oh my gosh, such a surprise. And things like, of course it's that way. So it's this weird combo of surprise, but of course. Yes. And if that's how people listening to this are feeling, it's like, yeah. I mean, oh. and then once you see it from this perspective and understand how habits really work, then you'll know what to pay attention to and you'll know what things to ignore. And you'll know which programs are like, not going to work and you'll know which things will work and mm. so on so there's just this and that's really what bringing the book together is about is giving people hope they can change and guidance on how to do it oh. and then developing this sensibility about really in some ways processing so many parts of your life in a way that will benefit you oh. even something hard even if something hard like oh people are lonely and mild you know like can't really hang out with my parents and I couldn't go to a wedding and da, 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 da. well, how do you turn that into a positive? And there's a specific way called Pearl Habits, which mm -hmm. may, is the topic for a whole different show. I might have to have you on again. Uh, so I'll just keep stalking you. So I'm going to wrap up because I know I have to be respectful of your time, which we're already a little over, but I was hoping we could wrap up just talking about, because you have these three approaches for making a behavior easier to do, you know, increasing your skills, getting tools and resources and making it tiny. Can you just speak to those three as a wrap up? Yeah, so it's part of the system. Um, there are three ways to make something easier and you said it well, so I'll <laughs> pick an example. Let's say I want to journal every day. It's mm -hmm. a good one. I like to journal. Okay, one, you could increase your skill. So you could practice like, oh, what would be the topics I journal about, right? So you could get more fluid and capable at just coming up with what do I journal about? Mm -hmm. You could train, you could watch YouTube videos, you could take courses to increase your skills so that's easier. Yep. Or, and, these are ands and ors, mm -hmm. or you could get tools and resources that make journaling easier. Have the right notebook, have a pen that you love to use, have a pen that just glides over. Mm -hmm. And even a resource could be sort of a checklist of physical, mental, spiritual, emotional. So that checklist is a tool that can then make journaling easier. And the third way is Love to it. just scale back. And rather than say, I'm gonna you know, scale back your expectations to all I'm gonna do is write one sentence in my journal. And if I do more, awesome. So any of those ways can make something easier to do and tiny habits. And when you're creating habits, you consider all of them because you want the habit to be so easy it doesn't require much motivation. That's uh, the hack. Oh, like, there it is. So simple that you don't have to have much motivation to do it. So then when your motivation shifts, it doesn't taint the habit. Oh, I love this. And I'm going to end with this piece that I, I talked, I just spoke to a client about earlier today 
when you're doing something and it fits perfectly with this and you're not able to change it, whatever that is, you know, you're not able to change it, scale it back. So when I give homework to a client and they come back and go, I couldn't do it, I didn't do it, whatever, I don't see it as a failing of my client. I see it as I gave too much. I put too much, I put it too far ahead of where they were. So I scale it back. And sometimes I've had to scale it back quite a bit, but that's okay. And you just keep learning. You just keep, what is that? Where do you start? So if you, I love, that's why I love your flossing teeth analogy. So if flossing all your, okay, don't floss all your teeth, floss one floss one. Yeah. So right after yeah. I brush, I'm going to floss my teeth and I'm going to pump my fist in the air, whatever, you yeah. know, having that little thing. And then you'll add another tooth and then another tooth. And this is sort of how it builds. But just getting going like that is really the way. And meditation, I can think of a million things that fit this. So, oh, so thank you so, so much for being here. Oh my gosh. So and great. This was so fun. And <laughs> Thank you for digging into my work and allowing me to share it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Keep up. I I will. Our close relationships are so important, especially now. The work you're doing, two thumbs up. Ah, thank you. All right. All right, everybody. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.